Welcome to the Leverage Your Potential podcast. This podcast is hosted by the director and assistant director of Menlo College's Office of Internships, Career Services, and Study Abroad, Dylan Hool and Kelly Davis, in partnership with Menlo's Content Creation Club. All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Leverage Your Potential. We're here on an ICS coffee chat today. My name is Dylan, I'm your host, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Bianca. Hi, Bianca. Hi, everyone. And today we're joined by a very special guest, Kyle Lubke, graduate of 2016. Hi, how are you doing today, Kyle? Uh, pretty great, how about you guys? Thanks for having me. We're doing well, we're doing well. Thank you for taking a little bit of time on your Friday morning uh, to speak with us, share your journey, and I'm going to give a brief introduction, but I want, to, I want to cede the floor to you so you can tell us a little bit more uh, about your career path. So you, Kyle, you graduated in class of 2016, magna cum laude. You were a double major, accounting and finance. While you were here at Menlo College, you were also a student athlete competing on the golf team. So I'm excited to talk with you a little bit about that and if you're still hitting the links. And now you're working uh, in audit at Deloitte, one of the big four that so many of our accounting and finance students are interested in, in learning about how to get in there and, and what the uh, interview process is like and what the day-to-day -day process is like um, in the audit department. So we're really excited to chat with you. Kyle, let me stop there. Why don't you just take a moment to introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about your career path, maybe how you got to Menlo College and, and then how you got to Deloitte. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Thanks, thanks Dylan. Um, so starting from the beginning, uh, I was born and raised in uh, rural Western Montana, a uh, real small town, and decided that I wanted to, I've always wanted to do something in, you know, accounting and finance, um, and, and what better place to do it than, than come to Silicon Valley. Uh, ended up coming to Menlo, um, as you said, played on the, played on the golf team, um, and, that, and that ended up working out. Uh, wasn't sure if it was going to at the start, but played for, I think, two, two and a half years. Uh, and then that that worked out. And then, as as, as part of our our Menlo experience, we're requ required to do a internship, right? And I had I had two internships. First one at a, a bank in San Mateo, and then as part of my kind of accounting uh, curriculum, did did one at, at Deloitte, and was eventually extended a full time after after graduation at Deloitte, and I've been there for for about three years now. Uh, just finishing up my my first year as a, a senior, uh, so so at that level, it's one where you kind of have more more management, um, run run a full client day to day, uh, plan meetings, review work, plan work for other people. Uh, so that, that's kind of the, le the level I'm at now. Um, it's been been super rewarding. Uh, always looking to to get involved with Menlo, and glad I can be here to talk about anything. Thank you for sharing, Kyle. I think it's really brave to double major in accounting and finance. I'm a finance major only, and that's giving me plenty of work. And we always like to start with a big question, right? Talking about your why. So what problem in the world are you most passionate about solving? Or what issue are you most interested in engaging in and resolving? Right, yeah, so, so being, being both the, the finance and accounting nerd that I am, I. Uh, I've always been passionate about financial literacy, um, whether it be anything from 
you know, how to, how to write a check, how to, how to make a budget, balance your savings and checking accounts to anything from setting up your retirement to, to investing and kind of beyond that. Um, you know, if you don't, if you don't have the basic, basic building blocks, you, you kind of fall apart from the start um, and aren't able to, you know, get, get yourself financially stable. Um, once you get a job, once you graduate, you know, how to, how to manage those, the student loans. Um, that, that's all very important from a, from a young age, given that we're all graduating at, you know, 20, 21, 22 years old. Um, and if, if you do think, do things wrong, you can get yourself really on the wrong, wrong path and, and get yourself in a big hole that you can't get out of. Um, so kind of at, at Menlo, I, I, I took on the role of, you know, I was a resident assistant for two years in the dorms um, with all freshmen. So I, I got to be a freshman for, for three years. Uh, and then I was also a peer tutor, uh, primarily for, for finance and accounting. So that was, that was a very re rewarding uh, kind of time um, doing both of those, you know, on, on campus jobs, being able to help, help freshmen as they're, you know, first, for, first moved out of their, their parents' house you know, go, going into the world, you know, how do they, how do they do laundry? How do they go to class? You know, how do they do everything on their own? Um, you, you get a lot, a lot of those questions. And then, and then it comes up to kind of mid, midway through the year. Uh, we have no idea how to be an adult. We don't know anything about like, our finance budgeting. Um, so, so I had a lot of kind of round table dorm room discussions um, on some just basic finance topics and, and realized that there was a, a, a real need for, financial literacy. Um, so it's, it's become a, a passion of mine. Kyle, that's a great answer. And, and something that resonates with me, I often think about my high school education and, you know, why weren't we taught how to do our taxes and, you know, how to maintain a budget? I feel like some of those life skills, um, they're, they're not in the, in the traditional curriculum so that when you do get to college and you're on your own, you, you realize, wow, I never learned about those things. And if you didn't, you know, if you didn't have your parents teach you uh, proactively, then, then you're kind of in the dark. So I'm, I'm not surprised at all based on who you are that you took on those roles. And you, know, you, you continue to do things of, to give back to the community to this very day. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So it's not surprising, but I think that that's a great, that's a great issue to tackle. In what ways, you know, are you keeping up with that passion right now? Are you, are you still staying engaged with, with, you know, volunteering and, and financial literacy uh, for high school students, college students? Are you doing that through some of the, the MAC initiatives, the Menlo Alumni Council initiatives? Right. A, a little bit through MAC. Um, I, I think we're, uh, we're working on, on a few other things as part of the MAC, but, but how, how I really stay, stay involved in that area is, is one of our, Nonprofits we partner with at, at Deloitte is called City Year. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a program that, that teams up with uh, underserved schools, um, both in the Bay Area and and nationwide. Um, and and the program places gap gap year students, so either right after college, right after high school, in in the classroom in the school to to kind of help out as a, a full time volunteer. Oh, nice. and. Uh, Deloitte has, has put on a number of uh, workshops and, and done done some services with them mentorship to to kind of help those those students not not the students in the schools um, but their the, the mentors 
to, you know, go, go and help, help them with financial literacy, you know, writing a resume, what, what skills can we give them that they can, they can then put into the education system um, and, and be better for our, for our communities going forward. Excellent. I've heard of City Year. That's great that you're involved with them. Let's talk about the, the work that you're doing at, at Deloitte. What do you think for those students that are listening right now and you know, they hear the name Deloitte and they're thinking that's where I want to work or one of the other big four. What do you think is a typical career path for people who work in audit, assurance, accounting, and how have the pandemic restrictions affected your industry generally and your role specifically? Right. Yeah. So, so, so kind of two, two questions there. We'll, we'll take the first one. Um, and then the, the pandemic impact is a, a completely different beast uh, these days. Uh, so first one, kind of what, what we do day to day. Um, so, so in, in college and in accounting, uh, people kind of look at, you know, do they want to go into public accounting, go to a big four? Do they want to go into, you know, in industry, go, go straight into to making journal entries for companies? Um, and, and I chose, obviously chose the Deloitte Big Four route. Um, and and kind of what, what we do day to day at a very high level is how, on the audit side, uh, Deloitte as a whole does you know, anything associated with a dollar sign, we can do it. Um, whether it be taxes, consulting, IT, you know, we, we do it all some, somewhere. Uh, but on, on the audit side, what, what we essentially do is when companies issue their earnings every quarter, we make sure those numbers are right. Um, whether that be through audit review procedures, you know, go and look at different uh, invoices, send out confirmations, um, talk to various, you know, we, we talk to their lawyers, um, and then just in, interact with kind of all, all aspects of the company to, to make sure that every, everything from top to bottom is, is, is correct and fun functioning properly. Um, and Kind of the, the career path you, you go through is when you, when you start out in, in public accounting as a you know first year second year third year you do you do a lot of the work so, so you get there and a, a lot of people have this this notion of you go to a big four you go to an investment bank any any wall street company um and you're just going to go work work a ton uh right it's kind of the, the negative stigma we have that's what everyone uh -huh. says you put in you know 50 to 80 90 hours a week and that's kind of intimidating to to some students is it is it true uh it that that's only for our our, our main busy seasons um and that that might happen less than less than four or six weeks a year um you know d during during that time you really just have to you know that's that's part of part of the job you have to do it um the, the rest of the year you know uh, Deloitte gives us five weeks off. Um, and we're, we're encouraged to take take all of our time off, um, and 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 they're 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 good about enforcing work life balance, um, and and really kind of and that that's another question that a lot of people get, you know, coming into a big big firm. You know, what is the work life balance? And for for me, it's really what what do you need to make your work life balance happen? You know, some people can go just turn into a machine and work always. Um, some people, like one, one person on my team has, has to go to yoga at four o'clock, two or three days a week. Um, so we all know that's when she gets up and leaves at four o'clock, she's just going to yoga. She'll be back online later. Um, and, and it's one of those where you have to pick your, pick your battles that you, you need. 
um, for your personal health, well-being, um, being able to function as a human. Um, and for me, that's that's not working on Saturdays. Um, never never worked on Saturday. Started in college. Never did homework on Saturdays. Uh, that was just my day off. Um, and really just figuring out what it what it means for you. And then that's that's I mean that's such a great rule that you set for yourself. And I think that's what a lot of people need to do is is set that routine and carve out that time, whether it be yoga, exercise, or just dedicating a day to rest. Um, I also try to avoid work on Saturdays. I'm pretty religious about it. Tell us about how the pandemic is shifting things around. I know that obviously because of the pandemic, you've been able to go back to Montana uh, for this time. So tell us a little bit about how you're adjusting. Yeah, so, so I think uh, accounting in general has, has been Im impacted. You know, um, every, every company needs an accountant. You know, sales keep going on. Everybody keeps getting paid. That all that all falls on the the accounting world. So so kind of in the in the Bay Area, everything is already kind of online since it's tech. Um, where things get a get a lot tougher is for you know ma manufacturing companies that might might have factories overseas. Um, you know those those shut down. So products weren't moving, weren't being made, weren't being shipped. Uh, so, so that was that was a real impact across across the industry, and that that comes with you know financial implications later on down the line. You know, com companies aren't making money; they have to lay people off. Um, as we've seen, unemployment's super high right now, as you guys know in the in the jobs world, uh, being in career services. And but but for me for me on the on the audit side. Um, hasn't been hasn't been too bad being in tech you know we i've been able to come, come up here to montana for a couple of weeks spend some time with family um work remote and it's it's kind of a uh, another great thing about being at the big four is you kind of can you know you have your your audits that you have to do uh your tax projects you have to do but we, we can really be time timeline based and workload based where you have your your list of tasks and if you get them done and, and do them well, you're, you can kind of write, write your own schedule more so, rather than having to go sit at a desk from, from nine to five. Um, that's, that's one of the, the big perks for, for me of being, being in a big four that, you know, looking at this, this pandemic and, and how, how it's wreaked havoc across all different industries. I know you guys at Menlo are currently working through your, your plans of reopening over the next couple of weeks for the fall semester. And it's just one of those that you have to stay calm through and figure out your your personal and both work work and personal plan of action, and you know just re remain calm and don't stress about it. Get, get it done. Thank you for sharing those behind the curtains knowledge of how the pandemic has affected the accounting industry. I I would never think that the manufacturing industry there were affected also impact the accounting industry and that's obvious but it's, it's also good you know because i thought it as accounting as like oh my god a complete safe industry they're not affected at all there's everybody's still making dollar signs they're still working a lot but there are few companies that are not right, right. so it's 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 interesting to know and i hope everything comes back up and running for all the industries sooner than later we know let's see how the next years are going to go and also for 
all the higher education uh, institutions. And when you talk about being an accounting and finance major, we know there are a lot of challenges. A lot of our listeners are also accounting or finance or accounting and finance. Based on your experience of being in a Menlo College alum and now working at Deloitte, what are three key pieces of advice you'd like to pass along to students currently majoring in accounting and finance? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great question. And, and kind of the, the, the I, I came up with three that were crucial to me, um, not, not only in college as I was going through, through the process of, of learning these, these concepts and ideas, um, but then come very much more apparent when you get start your first day on the job and realize that you know absolutely nothing. Um, so, so, so that's, that, that's the biggest one is, is just don't, don't stress about it. You know, when, uh, when, when any company hires you, you know, they're going to expect you to have, have the basics. Um, but you're not going to be expected to go hop in a meeting with, you know, somebody on the board of directors or the audit committee, um, and be able to discuss super technical accounting matters. Um, and if, if you think if you think that's what you're going to do, uh, it's probably not the case. And, and you don't need to stress about you know technical matters. If, if you stress, that just makes makes your job so much harder. Um, so, so that being said, the first the first kind of big piece of advice is, is just get really good at the basics. You know, I think I think at Menlo Accounting 201 and Finance, I think it's a 320, uh, are, are kind of the two two classes that you know teach you the basics. You know, what is a debit? What is a credit? How does present value work? You know, just the, the basics of finance and accounting. And those will continue with you through all the way through, you know, staff, senior, manager, partner. Um, you know, even at my level, I'm having technical accounting discussions with, with partners. And they say, you know, what are the debits and credits of this transaction? Right. Just the, the super basics of accounting. Somebody that's you know, experience and super technical, um, just to throw on it back to day one, right? You know, so, so it's important to, you know, le learn the basics, um, get really good at the basics. And there, there's always going to be somebody up above you that you can ask for, you know, super technical knowledge, right? So, so first, one, first one is just learn the basics. Um, then the, the second piece um, is, is being super detail-oriented, finance accounting people often err on the side of getting too in the details. Um, and the second important piece is, you know, look at the business as a whole, you know, what, what's going on as Bianca, you mentioned, you, you, you didn't think, you know, manufacturing would have an accounting impact, you know, right. You know, to think of it, you know, like if our, if our factories overseas aren't making products, you know, then we aren't getting those products to the store, they aren't getting sold, then we don't make money, we can't pay our people, right? It's a whole whole big process that accounting deals with every aspect of that. So if, if you don't see the big picture, uh, you get lost really quick and it's a, it's a very bad rabbit hole to get into. Um, and every person starting out in probably any industry, um, but especially accounting and finance, you know, get, get themselves super in the details um, and just get lost. And it's just not, not a place you want to be. Uh, so un understand the, the big picture. And then the third one, um, being a numbers geek, uh, you don't realize how much writing you're going to have to do. 
So being finance and accounting, you think, you know, you're, you're going to do all numbers, all, all math, all day. Uh, absolutely not the case. Um, what you do do all day is you write about numbers, whether that be writing, you know, technical accounting memos where you have to you know, write technically, uh, whether it's, you know, emailing, you know, partners, your team, uh, the client, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more writing and communication that you don't think about, um, in the classroom as, as in, in the classroom, we learn, you know, a lot of the technical aspects, but then just, just being able to, to communicate your thoughts clearly, um, and, and get, get that down on paper, um, and, and write a well-rounded, whatever you're writing about, uh, it's, it's very, very important and very, a, a big surprise when you start on day one. Those are three great pieces of advice. Be an expert on the basics, be detail oriented, and pay attention to your writing skills and make sure that you don't let those uh, go by the wayside. I think it's that that last one strikes me as, as particularly important and from a kind of a consulting perspective when Deloitte comes in to another company and then has to kind of communicate all of their findings Oftentimes, the person that you might be talking to is is not at the same level of expertise with this terminology as as you are. So it's kind of about translating those complex uh, concepts. Is that correct? Is that what you're getting at as well? Right. Exactly. Um, you, you never know who, who you're going to be talking to, um, and, and communication is key with in, in any conversation. Um, so I think you're you're spot on there, Dylan. It's you know. Only, only certain people you're going to be able to go out and talk about you know, technical accounting with on the street, um, but, but you have a conversation every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's uh, let's bring it to to Menlo College a little bit and, and your role now. You've been a member of the Menlo Alumni Council, affectionately known as the MAC, uh, since 2018. What first motivated you to get involved and, and what continues to motivate you to stay engaged with your alma mater and and what would you say to other alumni who are out there listening and they're thinking about getting connected what what would you say to them yeah good good point um very very important going to college getting your getting your degree is very important and the thing you don't realize is that that's your first kind of network and your first community that you're really a part of um it's, it's going to be with you both personally and professionally, uh, really for the rest of your life. Um, so, so what, what motivates me is, you know, you know, keep, keep that community, you know, energized and involved, um, for, for my first day as a, a freshman on campus, you know, it's, you come and you kind of, you know, wonder what's, what's that going to be like. And, and you look to people, uh, upperclassmen above you that to help you out. You look to the, the faculty and staff, you know, and, and alumni, um, and, you know, they're, they're always there to help you. And so, so now my, my goal as an alumni, um, and being on the Mac is, you know, to do for the students, what people above me did, did for me. Right. You know, what, whether it be you know, helping them get a job, helping them just talk, talk through their classes, you know, giving, giving personal career advice. Um, it's all, it's all very important. And, and when we want our, our community to be, to be vibrant and want, want our, you know, our, our future to be bright. So that, that's what keeps me, keeps me energized to be involved. And I think the, the biggest message to, to my, my fellow alumni would be, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to get involved. Um, 
a lot of times when you think, you know, for, for higher education institutions, when, when they reach out, you know, the, 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 the bad image they get is, you know, we just, we just want your money. Um, and, you know, that's, that's not at all the case, you know, right, right, Dylan, in your, in your line of work, you're, you guys are always looking for people to review resumes, you know, hire, hire students for internships, you know, do, do mock interviews. Uh, these are all great, great ways to, to get involved, uh, especially for, the, for those of you that are, you know, a, a couple years out of, out of college. You've, you've been working for a few years. You don't really know how to give back and you don't, aren't able to give back financially. You know, it's, it's very easy to you know, get on the phone and have an hour conversation and that can, that can be a big impact on a student's life or a big impact on uh, a different aspect of the college. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not only about um, being able to give back financially, just, just to pick up the phone or, or write an email and say, hey, I'm, I'm here to do something, how can I help? And that, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, to, to think about do, doing it for the students and, and doing it for what you enjoyed at the college um, is, is the way to get the most about giving back. I love that answer. And, you know, we so appreciate you staying engaged with the college. It's, you know, alumni like you that do make the, the community vibrant. And picking up on your, your first point, you know, it's the first network that you join. I often tell students and, and alumni uh, who have graduated, you know, you didn't just pay for that degree. You didn't just pay for the classes. That wasn't all your tuition dollars paid for. Part of it was now you're part of the club. You know, you, you are part of this network for life. That's one of the big advantages of attending any college is yeah, here at Menlo College, you know, you have 7,000 people on LinkedIn, double that uh, around the world. And those are all people that you can reach out to and say, hey, I'm, I'm an oak, you're an oak, uh, can you help? Um, and, and oftentimes people are likely to, to say yes uh, because you have that shared connection. So I think that's a great point, Kyle. One of the things that you did here at Menlo College was you competed on the men's golf team. And I'm a very amateur uh, golfer myself. I, I have a pretty severe handicap, we won't talk about it. But as, as a student, you played on the golf team are you still hitting the links regularly? And I think one of the one of the myths about golf is that you know a lot of business gets done on the golf course. I'm wondering if you if you found that to be true uh, in your line of work, um, and are you still are you still playing today? Yeah, I uh, I make sure to hit, hit the links you know a few times a month. Keep it keep it straight, keep it airborne. Um, but those are the real goals now. Um, and, and yeah, I think golf's one of those things that you know you can take take to take to business, take to you know, just personal networking. You can just go have, have a fun, relaxing round on the weekends. Um, uh, I, I haven't got, gotten to a level where I have a lot of, a lot of clients and a lot of business on the course, but uh, we, we, we definitely, we definitely do it to late. A um, lot, lot of our, you know, people we work with like to golf, uh, both, both on the Deloitte side and the, and the client side. Um, so, so there are a lot of people that go, go out and do, not, not necessarily make deals, but you know that's that's part of the relationship, right? You are always looking to build relationships and and, and build build stronger bonds with people. Um, and, and golf's a great way to do it. Uh, but but for now, I'm just trying to trying to keep it airborne. 
That's amazing. I have never played golf before. And maybe that's uh, one of my goals for 2021, right? That, right now, no chance. <laughs> There's no way I can do it from home, but maybe I will one day. And um, one of our traditional questions here at Leverage Your Potential, we appreciate so much that our audience is tuning in and taking the time to listen to our conversations. And we also like to recommend them other great content. So what is some of the books or movies or podcasts that you've been enjoying during uh, this time at home? And which of them would you recommend to your audience? Right. Yeah, I think one, so I got two, two, two recommendations. Um, one, one podcast, one show. Uh, show I've been watching, uh, I've been re-watching White Collar uh, for, for the second time. Uh, it's about a kind of an art thief that joins the FBI um, and helps them solve, solve all these, you know, art, white collar crimes. Um, very interesting from like a historical and both, you know, fi financial perspective. Um, and, and it's makes you think a lot, uh, which I've, I've, I've always been one that's into shows that make, make you think a lot. Um, and then on the, on the business side, uh, going to a business school, one, one, one podcast that I listen to a lot of times when I'm, I'm driving is, is Planet Money. Um, and they'll take a random economics, finance, anything question, just how, how the world works, um, and, and really, really dig into it. Uh, so some of their, like one, one of their uh, podcasts that I remember most was, Can You Buy Anything for a Penny? Um, and they, they went through the whole, whole process of, you know, f how to find something that you can buy for a penny. I mean, could you, was there something? That uh, there, what they got to was like a nail, but it's, you get like a hundred of them for three cents. So it's less than a penny, but you can't just buy one. <laughs> um, I, I think was, was the roughly the conclusion. Um, but with that, they'll take things like that that you just, uh, just don't think about it all in your day-to-day -day life um, and kind of go, go through the whole beginning to end process. So very, very interesting. And it's, a, it's one that, you know, a lot of, a lot of professors on campus listen to. Uh, I think one of my finance professors, uh, Dima Wyshynski, recommended it to me. Um, and now it's my, my, my car podcast. We, I've heard of that one. That's an NPR podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening out there and you want to make a good impression on your professors uh, or on people that you might be interviewing with in the finance and accounting world, take a listen to a few episodes of Planet Money. Well, uh, Kyle, thanks for joining Bianca and I today. We really appreciate you uh, spending your Friday morning with us, sharing some of your advice, your perspective. And to everyone out there, this has been another episode of Leverage Your Potential. You can listen to this episode and, and all of our other episodes on anchor.fm. And you can also visit us at blog.menlo.edu forward slash career dash services. Thank you, everyone. Make it a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, Kyle. That was great. I Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leverage Your Potential podcast. Episodes are posted weekly and can be found on our blog at blog.menlo.edu slash career dash services slash. Make it a great day.